Welcome to Crocheting Through Medical History. It is me, Maria, here to uh, host. If you are watching on YouTube, which one, you should be. Um, but two, sorry the mic is just like really in the view. Like even more so than last week. Um, but it needed to be for better audio. Today I am making a different sweater. Different than the one that I was making last week. I'm still making that one. But this one is blue instead of brown. And I want to wear it to family pictures next month. Because I... I'm extra and didn't have a good picture worthy sweater to wear with the overalls I want to wear with so we're making one hopefully it turns out and gets it done by then already had to take it all apart once but I'm already further than I was before I took it apart so so we good we good I think um, I could not figure out why the playback was only coming out of the left headphone, so my apologies if that is still happening. I, I don't know why. I'm really sorry. Maybe I'll get Sam to look at it. I don't know what's happening there. Um, so I'm sorry. Don't listen with headphones. Or... Only listen with your left headphone so you can multitask. I'm also drinking a peppermint mocha. Because I got some peppermint extract when, I, when it was winter. And then I didn't really use it. So I'm trying to use it. Alrighty. Let's get into it. Into, into it. So today... Today, we are talking about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, or POTS. POTS is a disturbance in the autonomic nervous system that causes lightheadedness, fatigue, exercise intolerance, tremors, anxiety, and heart palpitations when in an upright position, like sitting up or standing. POTS was first seen in 1871 during the Civil War with soldiers reporting abnormal postural tachycardia or increased heart rate following infections, wounds, or energy expenditure. This condition was coined irritable heart, soldier's heart, or effort syndrome. Half a decade later in Sweden, Bjor and Laurel noted a condition in many young women with the same abnormal postural tachycardia, though they called it arterial orthostatic anemia. Before the condition was named postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, POTS was called DaCosta syndrome, anxiety neurosis, chronic orthostatic intolerance, idiopathic hypovolemia, mitral valve prolapse syndrome, orthostatic tachycardia, and positional tachycardia syndrome. But 
it was finally settled on postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or POTS. In the 1940s, Dr. Philip Lowe at Mayo Clinic stated that POTS was one of the most common conditions in young women, and they presented with postural tachycardia without notable blood pressure changes. In 1993, the Mayo Clinic defined an official diagnostic criteria for POTS, orthostatic intolerance including a heart rate of or above 120 beats per minute or increasing by at least 30 beats per minute within the first five minutes of standing. Since then, this diagnostic criteria, which has been adopted by many autonomic neurologic and cardio... cardi... cardiolo... cardiologic organizations. Potts is more widely recognized and has been guys. It is like 8 in the morning. I wanted to be able to edit tonight so that I had enough time to get everything ready for tomorrow with a release. Clearly, it was not my brightest idea. I need to learn to read before this will work. Let's take a deep breath, everyone. I also hope my breathing isn't as loud today. I both used my inhaler and used a nasal spray that is steroid-free. So hopefully I will not react to it. Fingers crossed. So far it has not helped, but I do not think I'm allergic to it. So, sorry my nose is still really loud. We're working on it. We're, we're trying. Alright. Is everyone refreshed? Have you taken a deep breath? Taken a drink, breathed a little bit. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> In 1993, the Mayo Clinic defined an official diagnostic criteria for POTS orthostatic intolerance, including a heart rate of or above 120 beats per minute or increasing by at least 30 beats per minute within the first five minutes of standing. Since then, this diagnostic criteria, which was adopted by many autonomic, neurologic, and cardiologic organizations, POTS is more widely recognized and has a prevalence of 1% of the U.S. population, with 80% of the affected being women. As an autonomic syndrome with predominantly cardiovascular symptoms, POTS symptoms include irregular blood pressure, venous pooling, syncope or near syncope or passing out or almost passing out, exercise intolerance, fatigue, weakness, temperature dysregulation, and impaired digestion. 
The etiology of POTS is unknown, but it is known that the average age of onset is 15 years of age and may be brought on by infection, vaccination, trauma, pregnancy, surgery, or psychological stress. It is suspected the POTS might be an autoimmune disease or caused by immune dysregulation, and the condition has been linked to autoimmune conditions such as Sjogren's syndrome, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and rheumatoid arthritis. Diagnosis of POTS is often delayed due to its symptoms shared with other more common conditions, anxiety disorders, hyperthyroidism, phochromocytoma, asthenia, hypotension, hypocortisolemia, and other endocrine disorders. The gold star diagnosis for POTS is a tilt table test. The patient is placed on a tilt table lying down with heart rate and blood pressure monitors. After baseline vitals are collected, the patient is tilted into an orthostatic position while their vitals continue to be monitored. As previously mentioned, a heart rate increase of at least 30 beats per minute or a total heart rate of at least 120 beats per minute is the diagnostic criteria for POTS. Symptoms may resolve completely within five years of onset based on the etiology of the onset, but management of POTS symptoms include regular light exercise, compression socks, adequate water intake with three to five grams of salt, and medications such as fluticorazone, vasopressin, metadrine, methylphenidate, and erythropoietin. Drugs to avoid with the treatment of POTS are angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, alpha and beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, diuretics, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, tricyclic antidepressants, and phenothiazines. Aggravation of symptoms may occur with dehydration, extreme heat, and excessive water consumption. Hi, editing Maria in the dark because Gimli figured out how to turn off the lights. I meant alcohol consumption, not water consumption. Water is good. Excessive alcohol consumption, not good. As well as obviously prolonged standing work just standing in general. All right, so that was the research portion of this episode. There was there was a lot more with like hypotheses on etiology. I honestly ran out of time and brain space. I just could not. I don't know. It was I was reading the stuff and I was like, I don't even understand what's happening I don't understand what this means so instead of butchering it I'm just gonna move on so if you want if you want to to learn more you definitely should but this is not the place so I'm very excited to announce a new segment called Interview with a Real Life Sick Person. 
I touched on this in my Instagram story last week because I was able to talk with Grayson's mom for a bit. If you have not listened to my MLD episode, go do that. It is on YouTube and your audio-only listening platforms. But I had the honor of connecting with the mom of a boy who had the condition. Um, And I thought that that was really cool. Once again, I'm confused at the end of a row. Hold, please. So, I had the honor of talking to Grayson's mom last week, and it inspired me, I guess, to try to reach out to people with the conditions that I'm talking about, ask them some questions, spread more not just historical and medical information awareness on the conditions, but some more like real life, look, it's a person with the condition. So I'm very excited. I don't have the, uh, the setup to like actually interview people, but I did send someone some questions and they were very kind to answer them for me. This person does want to remain anonymous, so I fully respect that, but thank you very much. You know who you are. Thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it a lot, and I'm very excited for this segment. So, yes, this is interview with a real-life sick person. The first question is... What was your initial reaction when you were diagnosed? The answer was, my initial reaction was a wild mix of emotions. Shock, understanding, disbelief, but it was mostly relief. I didn't have to live with this condition while not knowing what it was, and I had something I could tell my teachers. I definitely got teary in that doctor's office. The second question is, what are your top survival strategies for your condition? Number one, salt packages are my best friend. I know not everyone needs or uses them, but they can seriously save me in a tough spot. Two, never go out alone. If I do pass out, someone has to be there to protect me. And on that same note, tell everyone about it, just in case. And three, invest in AIDS. My favorites are shower chairs, shower and toilet rails, portable pillows, portable seats, and compression shorts and socks. I'm also saving for a service dog, but don't be afraid to use aids if you need them. What is the best thing to come from your condition? Definitely the community. I've discovered this wonderful community of pot sufferers in just my city alone, let alone across the world. They help me feel less alone in this very humbling and sometimes lonely experience, and they are always willing to help another spoonie. Quick plug for me, if you don't understand the spoon reference, go and give a listen to episode 7, Fibromyalgia, for an explanation of the spoon theory. Moving on. What do you wish the general population knew about your condition? 
please don't just assume that if someone has a medical episode in public that they are on drugs. That fear to help is so, so dangerous and has killed people before, and it's almost killed me before. So please, for the love of God, educate yourself. Google is free and don't be afraid to help. And lastly, are there any groups or organizations related to your condition you want to plug? Um, they did mention a micro cat machine on Instagram or Allison Tenney, I believe. Um, I mentioned her in the EDS episode. Uh, she has EDS and POTS, as well as Izzy Cornblow, who I also mentioned she has as well EDS and POTS. Those kind of go together. There's a lot of overlap with those patients. But yes, um, they said that microcat machine is an accurate representation of POTS and living with the condition. So if you are interested in that, go check out microcat machine on Instagram. And it is very informative while not like depressing, usually information. So that's good. Um, thank you to Arthur Federowski into the Journal of Internal Medicine, Philip Lowe and the American Autonomic Association, MD Edge, and Postgraduate Medical Journal. Big, big thank you to my real-life sick person of the day. Thank you so much for talking to me, and I wish you the best in your health journey. Um... Let's see, if you have any questions that you would be interested in knowing the answer for for any given condition that we talk about, hit me up, comment them, DM me on Instagram, whatever you want to do, get those to me. Um, I'm very interested in knowing what you want to learn about. And also, if you are a real-life sick person... And you would be interested in talking to me about your condition, hit me up as well. Or if you have a condition that you want to learn about, also tell me that. Basically, tell me what you want to hear, because I would love to accommodate that and learn about what you're interested in learning about. Um, look... It looks the same as when I started. Again, if you're on an audio-only platform, go check out YouTube to see me crochet. And drink coffee. I, I said I was going to release that pattern this week. I did not. It didn't happen. We, I don't know when it'll happen. It'll happen sometime. I think the pattern is pretty set. Just got to add some finishing touches and get it actually up. Someday, someday it'll happen. I promise, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's about it. Thank you for tuning in. Sub uh, subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcast or on Amazon Podcast. Or 
Google Podcasts. Give me a follow, give me a subscribe, give me a like and a comment. Share with your friends. Follow me on Instagram, Maria Makes Makes. And stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you.